Hey everybody and welcome to the Vulnerable Entrepreneurs coming at you from the great city of Worcester, Massachusetts. I'm Sean Riley. And I'm Common Thrath. And today, like always, we're having a no bullshit conversation about the entrepreneurial way of life. Hey Sean, I know you're a big lacrosse guy. <laughs> and I think you actually said to me that you didn't even play until later in the year. So like, how did you know that you were, you could play lacrosse? Like, did, were you like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to suck at this or like, like, were you like, oh, you walk onto the team and these, these guys are playing for who knows, 10 plus years. That's pretty much what it was. So what's interesting about that whole thing was I went to Bryant, it was a college when I went. So Bryant College in Rhode Island. And the year that I got there, we were a club team and a good friend of mine, my best friend, Sean, his name's Sean, um, was a year ahead of me. So he was playing. Our high school didn't have, as a matter of fact, so if you follow the, the genesis of youth lacrosse in Massachusetts, it was very much um, a Western part of the state sport because it was a lot of it spilled over from upper state New York, which is where the game actually originated. And it very much a uh, South Shore, like Duxbury, um, Weymouth part of the state. And then it kind of came out to like um, even Boston a little bit and then the North Shore, but Central Mass didn't have any. So the town I grew up in didn't have it. And my high school that I went to, I went to a Catholic high school, uh, Bishop Fan and Attleboro, they didn't have it either. So you get through um, high school, I'm like, okay, now what do I want to play? So it was a club sport. So he convinced me to literally, this is how it goes, right? He convinced me to walk on. I practiced for a while. I played with him in the backyard. I had played it before, but never organized. So we walked on and, you know, the pieces of the puzzle got together. So one guy was hurt. One guy quit. One guy graduated. There was enough slots that we made it. So the next year we went to division three. So we came, became legitimate, but it's one of those things where, if, okay, guys, if we make cuts, we're not going to have a big enough team. So now, like I always used to say this when I coached, Getting on the team is the easiest part of it. Staying on the team is the hardest part of it. So now that I had a slot, I was locked in and I knew that it was mine to lose. So once it became mine, then I was able to control it by virtue of my efforts and, and all that. So it, I don't want to say it's a fluke, but certainly in business too, everything is timing. It's the right time for everything is never a perfect time but there's a right time and I just I got lucky and I just happened to walk on the day that they needed a player and was I was athletic enough that I could kind of get it and off we went but I mean you talk about fear um the first they used to have this thing called the uh Worcester Cup and we're, we were close enough at Bryant that we were invited. So we would come up here and we'd play at the old WPI turf field, which is like lime green, like AstroTurf cement. I mean, it was, it was awful. But I remember my uh, coach, Lou Veraki, oh man, what a coach. He would, so my number in college, this, is, this will give you an example of how he was. My number in college was zero, zero. I'm not sure it was zero, zero. So the coach used to bust me every day and be like, yeah, Riley likes to have his stats on his jersey so we can see how he's doing during the game. He just looks down and he knows how many goals he has and how many assists he has. <laughs> but he used to, so not to get into this for a long period of time, but 
you go out in lines. There's three lines of, of threes. And I played MIDI. So he would send out always the first line first. This particular game at the Worcester Cup, we had three games that day. And he sends my line out first. So it's me, my best friend, Sean, and this other guy, Peter uh, Roy, who's a priest down in Connecticut. I, I, I had... I had, you talk about, I sweat was pouring down my back. I had a lump in my throat. I was so nervous. The place was packed. There's people everywhere coming to watch this this lacrosse thing in Worcester. It's a big deal back then. Uh, I have never been more scared. I mean, I think the first pass I threw, I don't even think it went 10 feet before I hit the ground first and rolled to the guy. I had no strength. I was exhausted. I ran back. I'm like, I don't even know what happened out there. I didn't see anything. I don't remember anything. It was, it was great. It's great, but you got to do it. You got to, you know, you got to do it. You got good. You got better at it. You got good, but you walked on. So yeah, the, the point of the story we want to share with you guys is that, you know, as an entrepreneur is, you know, is nature and nurture, you know, are you born with it or do you, do you grow into it? And I think as an athlete, some people are born athletes and other people are, have to work harder at it, but they can both be high caliber athletes. It's just, you got to find out what your strengths and weaknesses are. And I think in entrepreneurship is the exact same thing. Some people are just born leaders that just, they have the charisma, they have the, the charm, the way to kind of get people to just follow them and other people, they have to work on that, but they might be good in other things. They might be very organized, very disciplined, right. um, tenacious, you know? So there's so many aspects of entrepreneurship or even, I mean, really this is, it's not just entrepreneurship. Like these, those traits are, are human traits, right? So it, it, well, that's, it, you're it, exactly right. Com. That's what it is. It's, it's all human based. We talk about this all the time, human based, um, I don't, it's not skills, it's traits that you have inside of you. I mean, to think that, that Michael Jordan was the best basketball player and Tiger Woods was or is the best golfer, absolutely. But do you think they're the only ones on the planet that have those skills? No. But they have a drive and a desire that I would argue a lot of entrepreneurs have to have to take that step. So it's not just about how good you are. You can be great at numbers and never be in a position that uses them. Why? Because you don't have drive or desire to do that. So it, it all starts from really an interest perspective, but a personality trait that, that, you know, am I willing to take a risk and how do I do, we talked about this and how do I deal with failure? And once you process that, you become a risk taker or an entrepreneur or an athlete. And then based on that drive and desire over time, you become a better entrepreneur, a better athlete, because now you're honing those skills. But what gets you to the beginning of it, the starting line or the stepping on the field for the first time is the drive and the desire. I mean, I was scared to death standing up. I mean, the kids were twice my height, twice my size, but they're wearing the same kind of jersey I am. So I have a place there and it's up to me now to work through that and to be successful. That right there is the definition of being an entrepreneur. So it's, it's the drive and the desire you have inside and the interest to get you there um, and the skill set to make you better over time. But you always have to have the interest in that that. A trade that what you do, yeah, you can't you can't be chasing the money. I think a lot of people think you go you get into entrepreneurship and it's about 
if it's fame or fortune or you got to have the drive and passion and purpose of what you're doing. You know what I, I was doing like marketing and, and actually started doing the yellow pages back in the day. You guys believe it, you know, for those dating myself a little bit, but it was, uh, the yellow pages was the, uh, no, was digital is what today is like for digital marketing or SEO, right? Being found. And there was a transition and I always had interest in digital marketing as we saw the transition to you know, Facebook and Google. And, um, I was also like a tinker. I was like, how, how does this all work? You know, people like the behavior of how people shop and marketing. And I would, at night, I would just read about this stuff and read about this stuff. And I was always, because of that, I became a top consultant in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, for the agency, uh, eventually I spun off and did my own gig because I was noticing that the agency I was working for wasn't moving things quick enough, or they weren't really doing what I felt was relevant in today's market. And, and, you know, you have a path, you stay where you're doing and you represent a product or service that you may or may not believe in, or you find another company to do that for, or you do your own thing. And I talked about it multiple times with my wife and she's like, look, either stop complaining, calm, either quit, find something better or do your thing. So started my own shop and that's, it's, it, I'm, it, I'm still learning today. Like at night I'm reading, um, yep. I'm listening to podcasts as I'm mowing my lawn. I'm listening to more podcasts, entrepreneur podcasts, marketing podcasts, you know, so the difference between like myself and someone else. And I used to be afraid, like, can I be that person? That person's been running an agency, top agency in the country for 10 plus years, but he's a, he's a guy just like me. Oh, he's a girl just like me. The difference is I put the work in, you know, some people just have an innate ability to pick it up. Like some people are really good at copy, copywriting, like marketing is a lot of it is about copy. I'm not good at copy. So I had to really learn that side of it, but I'm really good at like design, intuition design. I really understand like user experience. So other people don't. So everyone has their knack and you got to fill those gaps that you, you have to have self-awareness of where you need to improve in. Um, but you gotta be relentless. Like if you want to be expert at this, you got to learn about it, breathe it, live it. And one great tip I got from another agency owner at LA, I'll shout out to him, you know, Eric Sue. So, um, he was a, a mentor for me. I, I joined his program. I said to my agency growth and he said, expert, you're, you are considered an expert com. If you are the smartest person in the room, you don't need to compete with the 1% around the world. You don't, don't put yourself down. If you, you're not the best SEO person. Like if you're the smartest in the room or in the area and you're and you, you know, SEO better than that than anyone else, you are the expert. Right. And so you guys can feel, should feel the confident and own it. You know, that you can do and be the entrepreneur and provide value. Um, without having to feel like, no, someone else is doing this. There's, there's plenty of opportunities. There's a lot, there's a big piece of the pie. You know, don't be afraid to go out there and, and dive in to entrepreneurship. Well, and you said it, you said it in a nice way, but, but really when you said, well, you know, when I was at the other agency or when I was at, you know, yellow pages, you know, they were, um, uh, doing it in this way. And I thought we could do it better, but, but really what you're saying is, I didn't agree with the way it's being run. I think I can do a much better job. And, and the difference is, is you have an entrepreneur's mindset. And I would argue, yeah, quit your job and go get another job. And you know what's going to happen? The exact same thing. Until you feel like you're in control of your own destiny. This is where it all comes back to being emotional and personal. 
you're not going to feel fulfilled. And that's really what it was for you was a fulfillment because you think that they're doing it the wrong way. So you built something yourself, whether it is better or not is it's irrelevant because the way you feel and the way somebody else's feels are two different things. But to you, if that's fulfilling, that's what you're going to do is start your company. You, you can work for 10 other jobs and you would have come up and say, yeah, they're not doing it right. I would have done it this way. I got to leave. This is frustrating. I can't do it. What you're saying is, no, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur. I, I, I think differently. I believe differently. And then the other thing I always say is that, that uh, when you talk about competition and, and, you know, other people or, you know, I bet they do it better than us or they're bigger than us. Everything's relative. Um, some people might look at me and say, wow, he's very successful. Other people might look at me and say, yeah, he's not successful at all. It's all relative to who you are. And I always say that when you talk about competition, it's the, the lazy man's excuse. It's like, oh, we can't, we want to be Amazon, but we're never going to be Amazon. So let's not start the company. Nobody's ever going to be Amazon. There's one Amazon. Good, bad, successful, a failure, there's one. It's taken. Somebody else owns it. We have to do something similar or different. Regardless, it has to fill our purpose and fulfill our passion. But you can't, you know, you can't say that I can't, I'm not going to play golf because Tiger Woods is the best and I'm not going to be the best. By what, what definition are you using to be the best? It, it doesn't make any sense. It's just a lazy way of talking yourself out of, you know, doing something. The work into it, right? Make yourself better. Put your work into it. Make yourself better. And, and I believe that the work starts when you are passionate about something speaking for myself, I could never do something I'm not passionate about. I could, I could do it, but I, I would, I would hate it. I, I just, I wouldn't, I just wouldn't do well at it. Um, could I work for somebody else? Yeah, of course I could. If I had to, if that's what I needed to do, sure. Would I like it? No, I'd be, I would be going out of my skin. Not because I think I'm better. I'm just not wired <laughs> To, I, I think like you do, uh, I could, I would do it this, and I would do it this way. I would actually put those little hot coffee things on first and I'd stack those all up. So when somebody orders a hot coffee, that little thing on there, so you don't burn your fingers is already on there, but now it's put on at the end and it drives me crazy, right? Put it on already. Have them make the cups like that. So I'm looking at like that with a completely different, I just thought I wouldn't last. It wouldn't last at all. Oh no. See, was a turning. We could start manufacturing these cups already preset with that in there, Sean. <laughs> hey, you know what I got to tell you? I went through my entire, because my parents are listening, my entire drinking career, which was later in life, mom and dad, like college. I didn't realize that the solo cups were actually measurements for different types. Did you know that? No. Oh, see, man, see, do you see the value I provide to this part? I'm like bestowing and it's a transfer knowledge conundrum, but therefore by giving you knowledge that I have that you don't, you become more valuable and I become less, which is a detriment to, to myself. I feel blessed all the time. You as, as Seriously. A, as if you Google it and you'll see like the, Kelly knows cause she's young too, probably knows too. Their little markings or those indentations on a solo cup are delineations of like one's a shot, one's where you pour a pint too. There's something else in there too. I was like way beyond college partying when I found that out. I think that's a hell of a thing. I never knew that. It's like you, Earth's magical wonders. You measure your, your hard alcohol really a lot more. 
in your solar cup. Shows your progress, doesn't it, Com? That's right. Good point. Good point. All right. Yeah. Well, guys, hopefully you got a lot of inspiration today to know that no matter what, if, if, it's, if it's natural to you or not, it's an even playing field. You got to go after it. You got to go get it. You got to find your drive, um, you know, and outwork other people. Um, when I say outwork, it's not about just spinning your wheels and getting feeling like you're putting 12 hours in. You, of course, you got to make sure that those 12 hours are intentional. Um, it's just because you put a lot of hours into it doesn't mean that the outcomes could always be what you want. So just, you know, make sure you're, you're very intentional in everything that you do um, and you're focused. Yeah, and I think, you know, I like that point you talk about hours. Like, you know, you ebb and flow. We all ebb and flow ourselves. Like, I don't feel overly inspirational today. I'm not having a bad day, but I wouldn't say I'm having a, a great day. And it's beautiful out. I get to do what I want. You know, I'm a little hungry. I skipped lunch. But, you know, I'm not, I don't feel inspired. But I'm doing this because I still have drive and passion today to do it. It just might be a little less than you know, some other day, but I'm still putting the hours in and making sure that, you know, we're delivering a great product. But I got to tell you a little, a little moody today. No, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a B, but I'm a A, A minus, you know, mm. not, no, I'm never an A plus, A, A minus ish today. I'm not, I'm not great. You didn't get your grumpy. 12 hours of sleep today. A little grumpy today. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Didn't get my 12 hours in. Um, yoga pants are a little snug, which means I got to, you know, kind of curb the carbs a little bit, you know, just, just, uh, not feeling it today, but here we are getting it done. So that's what it's all about, man. That's Sometimes you got to play hurt. You just Sometimes keep you got to play court. hurt. That's right, man. I'm trying to catch you and I can't. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. I think Sean, you bench, not bench, you were squatting like 600 pounds or something like that. 603 pounds on a, uh, <laughs> that, that wasn't a squat though. That was a bat. What do they call it thing? Whatever it's called. Yeah. You're going to do the um, deadlift with me. That's heavy lift day is great. Heavy lift day. Like the other day, Saturday was heavy lift day. I literally pulled my ass, like my entire, I don't even know how I did it. I'm like, I didn't realize you could pull your entire ass. Yeah. You could lose maximum. Yeah. 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 The whole thing, <laughs> the whole thing. So, I don't know why you're not feeling well. You know, it's one of the one of your biggest muscles. So like now you're just not you're out of whack. So clearly, you, clearly that's what it is. All right, well, guys, until next time, let us know. You know, if you're struggling or you have any um, you know questions about how to get to the next level, feel free to shoot us an email, reach out to us on social, and uh, go out there and keep crushing it. Yeah, we love your comments. So any 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 way you guys want to get a hold of us. Please do. We're always here for you guys and girls. Cheers. So this is not so much just for our listeners. It's with our listeners. We're doing this with them, not just for them. We're all together in this big, massive, disconnected group called entrepreneurs. Find us on Facebook and LinkedIn at The Vulnerable Entrepreneurs. Twitter and Instagram at The VE Podcast. The VE Vulnerable Entrepreneur Podcast. And join the conversation by visiting us on our website, thevepodcast.com, and email us at hello at thevepodcast.com. Thanks, everybody, for joining us today. That wraps it up. We understand that every minute of your day is valuable, and we appreciate you spending time with us today.